SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Shopify. Hank, when you started your career as <laughs> the internet science man, was opening an online store something that you were really thinking that hard about or something you thought you'd do in a billion years? I was uh, making a shop before I was the internet science man. Oh, what? That was the first thing I did. I was that first. Wow, I got to learn my Hank history. How did that go for you? <laughs> Good. I'll, here's what I'll tell you. Like the the the... The part where we start selling a thing and you get to see the number go up is so exciting. And uh, when it's just like you uh, by yourself, you got to be careful. But luckily, (laughs) Shopify has all kinds of little tools to help you with that, to help you with increasing conversions, to help you with managing orders, with customer support, with all of the stuff. Uh, Because it's a, you know. I don't know. It feels like the industry standard. And so there are all kinds of plugins that you can use to make your Shopify work for you in particular. That's right. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from vlogging in your parents' basement to treading the boards of Carnegie Hall. Now, it was my basement. It was my (laughs) basement of my own home that I was renting. (laughs) Downstairs of. (laughs) If you say so. From your first sale to your one millionth, Shopify is here to help you grow. And they've got a proven track record, my friends. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and powers entrepreneurs in 175 countries. They have, as Hank mentioned, the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And they have award-winning customer service because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tangents, all lowercase tangents. Go to shopify.com slash tangents now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S, all lowercase. Welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly suggestive. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the lightly competitive science knowledge showcase. I'm your host, Hank Green, and joining me this week, as always, is science expert, Sari Riley. Uh, hello. And our resident everyman, Sam Schultz. Hi. I want to ask you two a question, and I want you mm. to give me the closest honest answer you can give me. How many tabs do you have open right now? Oh, I just actually did a tab call. I have nice. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, I have 25 tabs open. And you only have one You only have one, one thing you open? I only open? have one window. That was the call. I can lapse them all into mm, one window. I have 16 tabs across four windows, but they're not distributed equally. One of oh, them, yeah, very... one of my windows has one. That's that sweet freelancer lifestyle. Look how few <laughs> tabs you have open. Yeah. <laughs> I have, uh, as of now, I think 64 tabs and m- the vast majority are in one window and there's one with 10 and there's one with three. Is there so, any kind of method to the 10 and three? No, like, are they something at all. different? Here's the method. <laughs> I'm selling a lot of, I'm, I'm trying to sell socks right now. So it's just all like, panic no time to do anything and it takes extra time to do the remove uh, to turn the tabs off and so it's just like during during panic times you can tell how stressed out i am how much work i have to do by how much the tabs accumulate 
Is this a lot for you, or <laughs> like a that's a lot? This is a lot for you. I think million. I'd say that this is this is uh, above average. It's certainly Do you know not your record. Beat. You know, I'd it'd be really cool if Chrome kept track and yeah. was like it. It showed you great. the amount of tabs that yeah. you had over the course of a year. Yes. A year in review of Chrome. I love that. <laughs> it's like Spotify yeah. splacked, whatever it's called. Wrapped. Sp- Wrapped. Wrapped versus splacked. It wasn't splacked after all. <laughs> yeah. It's a real word and not a fake word that you just made up. <laughs> so, well, here it is. For the Chrome engineer listening in the audience, go to your boss with this feature idea. It's called Chrome Splacked. And <laughs> it, it shows you all it shows. Show, hey, that'd be the amazing, actually. Like, how many tabs did you have open? What websites were like the top ones, like Wikipedia, mm-hmm. YouTube, Twitter? Mm-hmm. That seems sad. And then yeah. at the end of the year, I get to find out what a monster I am. Yeah. Yeah. And like fun stats would be which tabs do I open and then close the fastest? Because that's definitely Twitter. Sometimes I just subconsciously start uh-huh. typing it and I'm like, no, I don't no, want to be I don't, here. I don't care about this. <laughs> I'm going to close that tab again. <laughs> I was just uh, here 45 seconds ago. I, for one, cannot wait for Chrome's Blacked. I think it's me neither. I, I think I, I love it. Maybe yeah. there's a way to maybe there's a way to sort of like tease it out. Like it's not like Google doesn't know. Google is very aware of all the websites I went to this year. <laughs> well, <laughs> every week here on SciShow Tangents, we get together to try to one up, amaze, and delight each other with science facts while also trying to stay on topic and occasionally connect with absolutely stellar features for the Chrome engineering team. Our panelists are playing for glory. We're also playing for Hank Bucks, which I will be awarding as we play. And at the end of the episode, one of you will be crowned the winner. Now, as always, we're going to introduce this week's topic with traditional science poem. This week, thank God it's not from me because I didn't do it. From Sari. Let's play I spy with my little eye and process all the photons that fly right by. That red bird, that yellow green tree, that fluffy black cat who's staring at me. Our sight doesn't work like touch, taste, or smell. We got Mm. proteins called opsins in our rod and cone cells. The light becomes (laughs) electric for your optic nerve, and your brain eats it up like a yummy hors d'oeuvre. A lot goes on in that squishy gray goop to generate these images of tow trucks or poop. You got shape, color, depth, (laughs) and movement or distance facial recognition, or non-existence. Yep, that's right. While some visions are true, we got hallucinations or mirages here too. Cosmic (laughs) rays causing stars or illusions great and small, not to mention those wavelengths we can't see at all. So if seeing is believing and our sight is what we got, then bees and shrimp and tarsiers live in worlds that we do not. We work with these limitations and do the best we can and strive to make something beautiful for more than just humans. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, uh, like like 25% of the way into your poem, I became aware of my existence in the mm-hmm. sort of story of chemicals moving away from being dead. Like that was like why to be like, I just ex- like I just sense the world and it like and experience consciousness because because I ha- because cool. I can I can I can interact with space and and detect photons. I, like also 75% of the way through this poem, I thought to myself, we should have a kids show where Sari writes kids <laughs> songs about science. Yeah. <laughs> That's my dream. Can we reboot Schoolhouse Rock? Oh uh, my god. I would love yes, to be the guy who does Schoolhouse Rock. I mean, 
Sari, there is literally no one else who would be more capable of rebooting Schoolhouse Rock than us. We're all, I'm also the producer of a children's show. Yeah, so yeah, Sari yeah. Could so just, like, uh, like we're, we're there. I've got a bunch of I got a bunch of nerds who like to watch my content who keep keep popping out babies. Oh lord! So the topic for the week is sight. Um, wow, is really off topic, but I'm I'm excited about our our new project. And sight is is any any way of detecting photons? I think so. I think. Well, or is it, it like what is, about what about like heat detection, like pit organs? Oh, yeah. Is that kind of sight? Because it's infrared photons. It's- I think it's in the realm. I think if you drew a big umbrella a big of everything umbrella. that could count as sight, mm-hmm. then pit, pit eyes had to count. evolve from something. So yeah, I mean, it's not like you like seeing like seeing badly definitely counts as seeing. I, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that eye spots are eyes, but I do think that they are sight. After I said it, I felt apprehensive, but I still I still <laughs> feel like I'm right. If you can tell. The, the differences between light patterns. Mm-hmm. And we mean we mean any part of the electromagnetic spectrum there by light, or do we mean confined? Because there's no reason to confine it. I think you no, have to, I don't you have think... to include all of it. You might as if well we just say visible rays. light, that's yeah. very human-centric. Yeah, we too, yeah totally. We, we invented what visible light was yeah, because we were like, that's what we can see. Well, honestly, I think that that is, was, is, is surprisingly, there's a fairly clear line that you can draw around that. Like it's detecting photons in the electromagnetic spectrum. Sari, can you tell us anything about um, where the where sight comes from uh, etymologically? A little bit. Uh, it seems like it is fairly straightforward in that a lot of the... Uh, Germanic roots of the word sight mm-hmm. relate to words that sound like sea, which uh, makes sense. Yeah. The mystery, I guess, is where sea came from because there are probably a lot of, we, we still have a lot of words for to observe or to see or like vision, sight, all these different things that mean observing the world around you. Mm-hmm. And so we're not entirely sure where the word sea comes from. It could, come from uh, a root that has to do with like to follow as in like you are following something with your eyes and then you are seeing it. It could just have to do with a word for eyes, like uh, the word I, if you trace it back far enough, sounds kind of like the word C if you just add an S on it, like Mm -hmm. C-I. And then that's about it. Just another one of those caveman words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes deep. And that means that it's time to move on to the quiz portion of our show. So the world only looks like what our eyes say it looks like. Everything from the colors that we are able to see to the distances that we can process are based on how our eyes work and how they relay information to our brains. So if you asked different animals what the world looked like to them, you would get a lot of different answers because there are many different ways to see out of many different types of eyes. So the following are three stories of animal vision, but only one of them is true. You're going to have to tell me which one is true. And I'm going to start now. So mantis shrimp, we all know mantis shrimp got weird eyes. They can see Mm -hmm. a a wide array of colors, but it turns out that they can also see non-colors. Scientists have found proteins in the mantis shrimp's eyes that react with chemicals associated with fish smells, helping them visualize the location of their next meal. 
their eyes can not just sense photons, but also chemicals. But that might not be true. It might be this one. Snakes don't have great vision, but some species are able to improve their sight when threatened by restricting the amount of blood that flows to structures around the eye so that the vision is less obstructed by blood. (laughs) 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 Creepy. Or it could be story number three, scallops have up to 200 eyes along the edge of their shells. Did you know that? That's pretty cool. And to change how light hits the pupil, each eye has an eyelid-like structure embedded with a crystalline array. Opening and closing the eyelid changes the focus of light reaching the scallop's eye so that it can get a clearer image. So, is it story number one? Mantis shrimp can see smells using olfactory receptors connected to their eyes. Story number two, snakes can improve their vision by controlling the blood flow to their eyes. Or story number three, scallops have a crystal eyelid to focus light onto their iris. Doesn't everything improve their vision by controlling blood flow to their eyes? Is that, is that how like the contracting works? And that's that muscle. Not- it's not, it's not, blood Blood doesn't have any part of that. This isn't a, a trick of some sort. Blood's doing all its, it's blood work. Uh, so in, the, okay. in this case, I think the snake story is that there's like b- blood vessels in the eye and it doesn't, they don't like want as much blood in the retina mm. area. I, I drain think. it out. Uh, and so it's just like, less. just hold the blood back for a second while I try okay. and see better. I don't know. That makes sense to me because if you're focused, I don't know. It's like um, you want to control your heart rate. Like you're in a tense situation and you're like, okay, calm down. I want to look for a second. And that feels like something that would be possible. Mm-hmm. If I was programming a snake in a video game, I'd be like, yeah, we get the soup, <laughs> the blood's a pumping. And then, <laughs> and then there's a moment where we can have sharp vision and pause our blood for just a, a fraction of a second. <laughs> What are you talking about? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying it makes logical sense. If I was, if I made a snake simulator, I would put that in there. That would be like a tech tree that you could like put points into the blood eye. Yes. Going to snake vision. That, okay. I I get you now. The mantis strip one is like in a cartoon when there's like a smell coming off a pie. And it like exactly pokes the person on the pokes shoulder, and then it's like, doo, 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 <laughs> and then you float mm-hmm. with the yeah. So I think that's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Car- too cartoony. Yeah, uh-huh. and I don't know if scallops are like articulated enough to have a crystal eyelid. I know that they have eyes, but that's not the fact. And I think those eyes are made are like crystally ish, like they're, they're hard. Definitely like guys with rock just- eyes. Right, like yeah, yeah, because they gotta be tough if they're gonna be facing out into the the ocean, yeah. and you can't. And the I feel like a scallop to come get your eyes. I'm only about sixty percent sure of what a scallop is. Also, is it kind of like a clam? <laughs> it's like a clam, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's the kind of clam. It's like the clam shell that like Ariel has on her bikini. <laughs> they're what you give the otter in Animal Crossing when you're swimming. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, that's very clear to me. I think it's got to be the snake thing. I think Sari is exactly right. If it was a snake video game, that's the snake power a snake would have. <laughs> I think it's a snake thing too. I I would be shocked if it was either of the other two. Well, you're both right. Yay! Wow, we're feel a little happier about it. You got me. Well, <laughs> I kind of felt bad. I kind of felt bad for you, actually. In the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's lots of cool stuff uh, built into the other facts. So mantis shrimp do have a set of amino acids in their eyes 
called mycosporine-like amino acids. And they're usually found in the skin of marine organisms as a way to protect cells from UV light. But in the mantis shrimp eyes, they're used as a filter that help tune out wavelengths of light that reach each different color receptor to help pick out particular colors. So it's one of the, mm. I think, one of the ways that they see all the different colors that they can see. And scallops, uh, you are right. They have weird rock eyes. They have a bunch of tiny eyes on their shell that are super weird and complex. So light passes through a pupil and a lens and a retina before reaching a curved mirror at the back of the eye, which is made out of guanine crystals. And the mirror what? sends the light to the receptor on the retinas, which then sends the signal on nerve cells controlled by other parts of the scallops, which then sends the, uh, which, and that sends the signals to nerve cells that control other parts of the scallop's movement and behavior. Is uh, it in the shell? Wait, is it in the shell? It's like the rim of the shell. It's and then it rim. connects to the blob inside. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't yeah. know they... The, the, okay. So, okay. like, a clams, it just doesn't seem like, because they're hard all the way around for some reason, it doesn't seem to me like they are animals. They are rocks, though. Yeah, they just seem like rocks, but they're like, there's like a living thing in there. So scientists were curious about how scallops are able to focus light, and they realized that while scallops don't have irises like we do, their pupils can open and contract. So huh. that's really a thing, and that changes the the shape of the cells in the cornea. So super cool and weird. That's but wild. They they don't have an eyelid. They don't have a crystal eyelid, unfortunately for me. But <laughs> the coach whip snake is a non-venomous snake found throughout the U.S. and Mexico. And like other snakes, it doesn't have an eyelid, but they do have a thin scale over the eye called a spectacle. And as researchers studied the coach whip spectacle, they realized that there were blood vessels within the spectacle that would expand and contra- uh, expand and constrict to make sure that the blood cells didn't crowd out the vision of the snake. So it's not in the retina. Oh. It's actually in the in the scale over the eye. The cycles of expanding and constricting are, are regular, but there are a few cases where the snake will intentionally regulate blood flow to accommodate for things like uh, if the snake is shedding, the blood vessels will stay dilated to help support the growth of the new cells. And when the snake feels threatened, it'll constrict the blood flow for several minutes to lower the amount of blood so that they can see better what's going on. Wow. They're living contact lenses, basically. Yeah. Is that what they, yeah. I love yeah. that it's called a spectacle. It's just mm-hmm. such that's a cute. definite, that My is spectacles. a good instance of, yeah, a little, yeah. a human naming being like, oh, you got a little, you got a He's little eyeglass there. there. Oh, a little spectacle. Yeah. It's wild. Like when you have to like dig through the dirt and you don't have eyelids, you do have to have Something there. a protective covering over your eye yeah. that that's replaceable, which is wild. Mm-hmm. They they do that, so they just shed them after after they've used them for long enough. Um, where here it is. Okay, that's not it. We're gonna you gotta get comb through your sixty something tabs, huh? <laughs> I got it. I got it another window. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that Sam and Sari are tied with one. Next up, we're gonna take a short break, and then we'll be back for the fact off. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. 
but Rocket Money can help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Miriam Webster defines honey as a sweet, viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees. And that's all good and fine, but old Miriam and Webster... (laughs) Use some words that I don't know and didn't really hit the mark when it comes to talking about Manukora honey. First off, Manukora isn't just sweet and viscid. It's got a rich, complex taste and a creamy, melt-in-your-mouth texture that you won't find in your average, everyday grocery store honey. And nectar of flowers doesn't cut it when you're talking about the nectar of the Manuka tea tree in New Zealand, the only nectar these bees feed on in the production of Manukora honey. In conclusion, Manukora... Ain't just your average boring dictionary defined honey. It's special honey. I know this firsthand. Uh, they sent us a jar, a squeeze bottle, and some honey sticks. And we've been sharing them around the office of their MGO 850 Plus, their best selling honey. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking of when you think of honey. Look, have you ever think to yourself, if like a company made grapes for the first time, we'd go nuts? I feel like honey is this way where I'm like, if anybody like made this up, we'd be going out of our minds. But this is like if honey happened again. Did you like the honey, Sari? So I moved into a new place where there's no insulation in the walls. And so uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea and Mm -hmm. sometimes that tea needs a little bit of honey. And I initially poured in this honey thinking it was going to be grocery store honey. And then I was like, that's different. And now it's a little uh, breakfast treat. It's a great breakfast treat because it's 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 a little like it's for toast. I could put like this on my butter toast and I'm like, oh, I'm having an experience. So Merriam-Webster also defines ultimate as the best or most extreme of its kind. Now that one fits Manukora to a T. Indulge in the best or most extreme sweet viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees from Manukora. If you head to manukora.com slash tangents, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MG850 Plus Manuka Honey, a free travel pack of honey sticks, a free wooden spoon, and also a free guidebook. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash tangents to get $25 off your starter kit. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for the Fact Off. Our panelists have brought science facts to present to me in an attempt to blow my mind. And after they have presented the facts, I will judge them and I will award Hank Bucks any way I see fit. But to decide who goes first, I have a trivia question that you can try and answer. Some of the largest animal eyes that humans have found come from squids. Living up to its name, the colossal squid has what might be the largest eyes in the history of the animal kingdom. So not just now but in all time. How large is the diameter of the colossal squid's eye? Oh. Hmm. The part of my brain that knows how big, like, 
measurements are is not there. This is you so don't have, like, <laughs> like not like it's not like it's currently inaccessible, but it's never been there. It's, just never it's been never there. been there. How big is yeah. a basketball? I'd say a basketball is about 10 inches. A foot? Yeah. Basketball. That's, that was too, that was too big. Whatever you were just doing, Sam was too big. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going with. 10. I'm going with 11 inches. 11 okay. inches? Yeah. Okay. I think it's smaller than that. I think I could grab it in a fist. I think I could be you like, ooh, could, an eyeball. And then pluck its eyeball right out of its head. Some people I, can palm yes. a basketball, Sari. So. Yeah, not me though. I'm saying <laughs> me specifically could reach in, grab that little squid eye, pull it out. Uh, so I'm gonna say what's it's the biggest the, eye what's ever, though, Sari. The biggest eye ever. Five Think inches. How big their eyes it's are. big. That's big. I can't imagine another thing with the eye this big. Look, That's pathetic. If it's I, that big, I'm, I'm gonna be sad. I don't have the answer in front of me right now. I'm gonna have it shortly. Uh, but it wasn't in the dock, and Tuna's <laughs> pasting it in. But I just gotta tell oh, no. you, it. it that's definite. Like they're definitely bigger than what Sam said. That it's so big. You got it. They're they're like deep down where it's very dark. So it's not just that they're big. It's that they need to, to collect the they tiny amount a of light. So they just got mm. what, what is it though? Did Tuna paste it in? Ten point six two nine inches. Oh, so it is about the size it's of a, a basketball. basketball. Okay, Look, I know. I would need. I Sari Riley would need two hands. But yeah. some of the world's best basketball players could absolutely pull out the eye. Yeah. With just their hands. <laughs> yeah. And you so, know what? People pay a lot of money to see that. Uh-huh. That's sport. <laughs> That's sport. <laughs> oh, man. I was shocked to find that a basketball is, in fact, nine and a half inches. And that I was wow. quite close on that. You're great. You know everything about basketball. I know everything about squid eyes. We're quite That's a right. I had a friend once who was a giant squid. And he often talked about how big his eyes were. And then Shaq dunked his eyeball, and that was the end of him. And now he's dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that means that Sam gets to decide who goes first. I want to go first. I just want to get it over with. Plants are great. They grow fruits and vegetables. They make flowers. They make our air cleaner. They have so many talents, but they simply don't have eyes. A tree can't see its neighbors. A uh, flower can't see the bee taking a drink of its nectar. That's just the way it is. But a plucky climbing vine called Bochila trifoliolata might change everything we think we know about plants forever mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Do you already know this? Uh-huh. Oh, I do. I but Sam, okay. it is one of the best science <laughs> facts. And I almost brought it up early in the episode and I was like, it might be one of the fact off facts. Yeah. Because this is the weirdest thing. So I completely agree that it is a fantastic fact and it is a a big question mark in my own mind. Uh, but continue. Bokila is, like I said, a type of vine with a special ability to mimic the leaves of trees it climbs. In pictures that I've seen, it copies the shape and color of the tree leaves. And one vine can even have several different shapes uh, of leaf on it, depending on like where it's growing. If it's growing on the ground and then up, it'll just have different leaves. Why it does this isn't super clear, but it's probably a way to avoid predators by either like hedging its bets and having lots of leaves and hoping bugs won't think that all of them look tasty, or possibly by attempting to mimic poison leaves. And how it does it is even more unclear. Hmm. But scientists are on the case. In November 2021, a study showed that Bokila mimicking a model tree shared similarities in bacterial communities with that tree uh, that it didn't share with Bokila that wasn't mimicking anything. 
Uh, and another theory is that the plant has a symbiotic relationship with a microscopic organism that steals genes from plants that the vine is growing <laughs> on and brings them back to the host. But none of this really sounds like it has anything to do with sight so far, huh? Well, in September of 2021, a study was published detailing an experiment where researchers let Bokila grow on an artificial plant and Bokila, I hope I'm saying that word right, I've said it so many times, according to this paper at least, seemed to attempt to mimic the artificial plant that it was growing on. So it was a plastic plant. It was made out of plastic, so it's not genes, it's not microbiome, it's not So Bokila leaf is short, ovally. Uh, it's a short ovally leaf that ends in three points. The fake plant had long leaves that ended in just one point. And as the bokila grew up the fake plant, its new leaves started to lose their points and got longer and skinnier. Their data also seemed to show that the more bokila leaves there were facing the fake plant, the more detailed the mimicry became. This result was shown across all of their bokila plants, and the mimicry improved over the course of several months. So the paper concludes plant with the possibility. <laughs> The paper concludes with the possibility that these plants can possibly just depend on chemicals or DNA and possibly have some sort of ocelli, which is a simple light-detecting lens that could be helping the bokila suss out the shape of nearby plants. And uh, I've seen pictures of bokila in nature mimicking real plants, and I gotta say, they do a way better job of mimicking real plants, uh, which to me suggests that there does seem to be some sort of chemical or bacterial thing happening. But they did at least partially successfully mimic a fake plant. And they knew that there were leaves around, even when the leaves are fake. So while scientists haven't really settled on how they pull this mimicry off, I feel comfortable in putting forth my theory that a lot of the information that Bokila <laughs> get come from chemicals or DNA, but the vines wow. do and see, indeed seem to have some sort of ability to see. So it looks like we're going to have to add sight to the plant kingdom's already impressive resume. Is what I'd say if I was a scientist. I don't actually know, but <laughs> <laughs> I like I like a little bit of Sam deciding <laughs> as part of your like, you know, I don't I'm I'm not saying that I know what I'm talking about, but it seems to me. As the resident everyman. It's a yes. lot it's a lot to do all of those things. So if sight works, why do all the rest? But I hey, guess so. I guess they they're doing a better job in nature. The, it is wild. Like the I mean, what we know for sure, like it's definitely true. That plants can detect, you know, light. So we know that, and we we and also like just the process of doing photosynthesis is kind of like that. There's clearly like a chemical reaction that occurs because it's hit by a photon. And yeah, so like I I heard this news and I was like I, like 2021 brand new research. Who knows? Like sometimes stuff is weird. And the big question though I had is obviously there's a lot of pressure evolutionary pressure to do this because there there's lots of parasitic plants that mimic their host tree but mm -hmm. in this case it doesn't need a particular host tree and then it de developed a way to mimic various host trees so do you know why it is working so hard to look like it's not like a tree is going to say oh actually you're my leaf i shouldn't attack you because trees can't attack I mean, it kind of so, seemed like they didn't even know why it does it in the first place. So, so we don't. So we don't even know why it does it. It seems like there must be like a pretty strong pressure. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's stealing nutrients from the trees. But I maybe it is. I don't know. But yeah, the the articles I read were just like, meh. Maybe it's because of bugs. I got to level with you though. Uh -huh. Sari gave me that fact. So don't make me <laughs> yeah. sound too smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Sari, why why do you think the bookie was working so hard to hide inside of a tree? 
I don't know, uh, bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did read a lot of articles about it. She yeah. just sent me a sentence that said, hey, this is a pretty cool plant. And I said, oh, cool yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't make a TikTok about that because I, there's already a viral TikTok about it, which I did ah, very much damn. enjoy. Yeah, okay. but well, it, it would be a very good TikTok as evidenced by the fact that there's a viral TikTok. Because the fact that already was one. Yeah. Damn. That's not necessarily, that might be a vote in your favor because it's like guaranteed it is a good fact for a TikTok. Sari, what do you got? Sight is all about interpreting light in your environment. So kind of like we were talking about with the colossal squid, if you're trying to see when it's dark outside or dark around you and there's no sunlight, you have way less to work with. And nocturnal animals have found all kinds of ways to supplement their vision with other senses, do mental gymnastics to process the information, or increase the amount of light that reaches their photoreceptors somehow. Kind of like how cats have some reflective tissue tucked behind their retinas called a tapetum lucidum, uh, or colossal squid eyes are just gigantic. But I want to take a closer look at Dinopsis spinosa, aka the ogre-faced spider. Because during the day, they lay flat and pretend to be a twig, which is just wonderful. I wish that could be me. And then at (laughs) night, they hunt. Uh, They're part of a family of net casting spiders. So instead of spinning a big web and then sitting on it, they spin webs between their front legs and actively catch insects with them. What? Which explains why they need such good eyesight. They're waving around their leggies. Two of their eight eyes are huge and face forward, which is, I guess, where that ogre face name came from. And these giant eyes are possibly the largest spider eye on the planet, up to 1.4 millimeters in diameter. Take that, squids. Uh, And their lenses can (laughs) concentrate light really well. But that's not all. Every single night at sunset, as they're spinning their net web between their two front legs, these huge eyes synthesize almost entirely new light-sensitive membranes. And then every single morning at dawn, as they're settling into their twig camouflage, those membranes are destroyed again. What's a a light-sensitive membrane? It's like the equivalent of our retina, but in a spider eye. Okay. So, so they, all they, the, they grow a retina every night. Yes, they grow, but it's insect eye, it's compound yeah. eye, and it's a hexagon. Mm. But yes, they grow a retina every <laughs> night, and then they destroy it in the morning because they don't need it anymore, which is a ridiculous amount of effort. Uh-huh. And the only paper I can find that talks about it, which was published in 1978, calls this, <laughs> quote, Cumbersome and, in metabolic terms, extravagant. (laughs) (laughs) Metabolically extravagant is like the best definition of all of humanity. Where we're Uh just like, we need to go to the gym. We need to run for no reason. Metabolic extravagance. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that turn of phrase. Great paper. Uh, And apparently this kind of turnover of a photoreceptive thing Uh, occurs in a variety of invertebrates, which is news to me, Mm -hmm. but they do have some guesses as to why these ogre-faced spiders don't keep their good vision during the day. Number one is maybe it's just not energy efficient for it to maintain good night vision while it's pretending to be a twig, which they acknowledge isn't a strong guess, but they threw it out anyway because evolution is weird. Two, maybe these light-sensitive membranes are just so unstable that the spiders evolved cellular processes to take care of the wreckage very quickly and regularly and then just rebuild it. Or three, maybe their eyes would get worse enough over time that it would be just hard to survive and hunt and catch things with their little net legs. Uh, And evolution just happened to address this problem by regenerating inner structures every single day. So my conclusion is we may never really know why, but I love 
learning about meta- metabolically extravagant things because yeah. senses just have gone wild in so many different directions <laughs> and whatever works for an animal works for them. Could it be that they're so, I know that I'm just like throwing stuff out here but, and, maybe, and maybe you kind of said this, but that like it has to be really sensitive to 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 see in the oh. nighttime, and they can't close and their so, eyes because they're spiders. And they can't close their eyes, so like a daytime photons just rip them up. Ouch! And so they like and and so they'd need to remake them all the time anyway. So in order to have really sensitive eyes, they've created a structure that can't handle a lot of photons, a lot of energy. Yeah, I feel like that that is a better way to phrase how they phrased in the paper the gotcha. the un, unstable one. That in order to make something that's really sensitive, it's de- it's definitionally unstable, or the or the way mm-hmm. that it has evolved to make something very sensitive. Yes, whatever biological molecules have gone into this are are really good at their job, but only if there is very very little light. So even though Sari fed the, Sam this fact, and even though it's already a viral TikTok, I do know that it's a great TikTok fact because of how it was a viral TikTok. And it's just, yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's just the better, like plants can, it's the first evidence we have that plants can see. So Sam has to win. <laughs> now we're talking. I know, it's not very fair. <laughs> In your face, Harry. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was a good one. I only give you the good stuff, Sam. I don't try to try to poison you. And that means it's time for Ask the Science Couch, where we've got a listener question for our couch of finely honed scientific minds. Sam, what do you got? The Zinc on Discord asks, why is our sight limited to the particular range of EM radiation that it is? Electromagnetic, I assume? Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. It probably mostly comes down to what is most useful evolutionarily, and that's going to be what light there is to detect on Earth, plus what light is, is like was useful for us to have tools to detect. Hmm. Which, what, wh- why is that? I don't know. But now I'm going to let Sari start talking because she, because I, I was just saying stuff that occurred to me. <laughs> I was working <laughs> through it in real time. <laughs> no, I mean, that's like basically what researchers have done, but just with more statistics uh, oh, cool. and math applied to it. But then you can also look at genetics to see how our eyes evolved, which is less of figuring out what's optimal and just understanding what, what actually happened. Uh, and then drawing conclusions from there. So around 90 million years ago, way back, primitive mammalian ancestors were nocturnal and could see UV and infrared sensitive. They they had like a, what these researchers called a bichromatic view of the world. So mostly only seeing those ends of the spectrum. Hmm. Um, and then by around 30 million years ago, our ancestors had evolved four different classes of opsin genes, which let them see visible light, except for UV. So there was this shift as mammals went from being nocturnal to being awake more during the daytime that our genetics changed to stop seeing as much UV and infrared and start seeing visible light as it's being reflected off of objects in the daytime. Um, and of those colors, uh, blue and green sensitivity was the last to evolve. I don't think they've extrapolated why, but mm. it just seems like like red sensitive pigments were first in these random mutations. And then at one point, like pretty late in the game, 
one of those red sensitive pigments became mm. green sensitive all of a sudden. Mm. Cause that's how evolution works. It's random chance. Maybe there's just so much green. We were like, eh, we don't really need to see that. It's everywhere. Yeah. But we need to see a berry or something yeah. like that. I don't know. The best thing about evolution that to, to get in, to, to lock in is that like you don't get a you don't get an ability because it's useful. You get an ability because it's useful and there's a way to get it. Even if you could do it biochemically, if there's not like a like there's not an easy jump. And that's a lot of times like mm-hmm. what you hear people say about like how could it such a complicated structure as an eye itself develop? And uh and the the weird thing is that all of this stuff comes from somewhere strange. Like all your little ear bones used to be part of your jaw. It used to be jaw bones. Took a lot of practice to get And then to it was like actually that's kind of good at like detecting vibrations in the air and so they'll be better if they're a smaller or if they're a certain arrangement or if you surround them with certain membranes and over time you get an ear it would be really wild if it weren't that way and whenever i see some fantasy animal with uh, both wings and arms i'm like nah that's not how this works (laughs) (laughs) unless the wings are like the thumbs just moved up there yeah the thumbs like went all the way up the arm onto the back and now they're wings (laughs) Uh-huh. The only way for it to happen. Yeah, you move the sliding scale of like, you know, you can customize faces like your eyes can be wider or mm-hmm. narrower. So you got to move the thumb, thumb all the way up the arm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the <laughs> so you've been playing a lot of video games lately? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I have this freelance lifestyle. <laughs> if you want to ask the Science Couch your question, you can follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we'll tweet out topics for upcoming episodes every week. Or you could join the SciShow Tangents Patreon, and there we have a Discord where you can ask us questions. Thank you to at MagpieBart, at Robin Han Sopran, and everybody else who asked us your questions for this episode. If you like this show and you want to help us out, it's really easy to do that. And you do like this show, don't you? Because you keep <laughs> keep listening. And hey, we keep more having and more a great people time. keep listening all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's growing. It's, it's a good, happy tangent. First, you can go to patreon.com slash scishowtangents and become a patron and get access to things like our newsletter and our bonus episodes. You can also leave us a review wherever you listen. That helps us know what you like about the show and it helps other people know what you like about the show. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, just tell people about us. Tell people about about us. us. Thank you for joining us. I've been Hank Green. I've been Sari Riley. And I've been Sam Schultz. SciShow Tangents is created by all of us and produced by Sam Schultz. Our editor is Seth Clixman. Our story editor is Alex Billow. Our social media organizer is Julia Buzz Bazayo. Our editorial assistant is Devoki Chakravarti. Our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our executive producers are Caitlin Hoffmeister and me, Hank Green. And of course, we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you. And remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lighted. But one more thing. In a 2013 paper, researchers took African clawed frog, tad, clawed frog tadpoles and <laughs> severed both of the normal optic nerves in their head. But do not worry. Those researchers also transplanted a chunk of, uh, of <laughs> a chunk of flesh called eye primordia onto their butts, which naturally grew nerves <laughs> that connected to their spines and sometimes off target to their stomachs. Growing a butt eye is fine, I guess. 
but a statistically significant number of these tadpoles could actually detect changes in LED light and make behavioral decisions based on those lights. And that indicates that they could see with those butt eyes and interpret that visual information even though they were not connected directly to the brain. Why they did they do this? I don't know, Sam! <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was this? I but well, it's interesting, isn't it? Somebody they were right. Yes. Uh huh. Somebody's in the shower, and then like, oh, what if we cut their eyes off and put them on their butts? I'm gonna go tell my boss that. <laughs> Fucked up. up. Oh my god.